0: It's time for The Rick Smith Show. Now, here is the voice of the working class, Rick Smith. And welcome, brothers, sisters, working class heroes. This is The Rick Smith Show. Thanks so much for being here today on The Big Program. Lots to get to, lots to talk about. I'm sure you've heard the economics news Economy grew faster than expected in the last quarter. The economy's good. Things are moving in the right direction, as we've been saying. You know, it's 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 good when you start reshoring some manufacturing, when you start investing in your infrastructure, when workers start making better wages, hours, conditions. Things are getting better for people. In fact, they, they tend to like it, which is why the numbers uh, on the the economy are uh, rising. Uh, people a little bit more upbeat. In fact, you know, what, 28% in the last poll, uh, the last Pew poll, uh, said economic conditions were excellent or good. That's a 9% increase from April. And understand, it's only going to continue to get to get better. Uh, those numbers are going to continue to go up because, look, you can only keep your head in the sand and be angry for so long. Uh, the numbers are good. Now, look our friends on the right—they were hoping, praying for recession, for economic catastrophe. Yeah, Trump going on. I hope the recession's now, so I don't look like Hoover. Hoover. Um, look, they want pain, chaos, they want destruction. And I got to tell you, I give Joe Biden credit, man. Jelly Bucket Joe just keeps showing up and doing the work. Just showing up, doing the job that we as we we pay him to do. And and I got I got to tell you, thrilled thrilled at what he's done so far as we all should be not getting involved in all the craziness and all of the the mudslinging and all the all the ridiculousness doing the job changing the direction of this country for the better I mean stop and think about it we're, we're we're reassuring manufacturing we are actually rebuilding our country I mean I know it's 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 hard to believe I mean, we did go through four years of Donald Trump where every week was infrastructure week. There were lots of cute pictures. My favorite being him driving the truck. <laughs> with the little hard hat on. <laughs> uh, him with a shovel. like that guy's actually done an honest day's labor in his entire life. Uh, but you know, the thing is, it was all about the show. It was all about it was all about the game. There was never any plan to actually get anything done. You know who got it done? The guy who's not talking about The guy who wasn't talking about it. The guy who just went out and did it. And I'm telling you, thrilled to hear about it. Now, the Republicans, they don't know what to do because they've gridlocked, they've delayed, they've—they've they've, the House has stopped anything from getting accomplished. They did everything they could do to hold the country hostage and move us towards recession, all of this stuff. And it it's not working. It's not working. So what are they going to do? What, what have they got to run on come November? Well, you know, outrage, anger, the culture war. They're coming for your children. And what's interesting, uh, the culture warriors on the right, and this story has gotten a lot of attention here over the last uh, couple of days, uh, out in Oklahoma. Uh, I just It's mind-blowing to me how incompetent Republicans are. Now, remember, they tell you government can't do anything. Government breaks everything. It's broken. It's no good. Yet when they get in, in control, when they have the power to fix things, oh boy, they only make it worse. And I look at this Oklahoma State superintendent, this Ryan Walters, who has, has gotten gotten some attention, and this is why he did this. But got some attention for appointing this Chaya Raychek, I think her name is. She's the libs of TikTok woman. Uh, you know, outrage merchant. Uh, another far right wing, zealot extremist. Well, however you want to frame that. Uh, of which there are many. Look, you know, this isn't about her. It's really not even about him, to be honest. It's about when Republicans have power and control to actually do something what they choose to do is cause more chaos. What they choose to do is destroy things, because it's it's all they know. Uh, as my grandfather always said, any idiot with a hammer can tear down a house. It takes a skilled craftsman to build one. And I look at where we are in the as a country. Uh, Donald Trump spent four years in the in the White House, and we destroyed a lot of stuff. Republicans control a lot of the states in this country. And gee, it's amazing how they're they're at the bottom of a lot of things. How they're tearing apart at the fabric of this nation. Cause they don't know how to build. They know how to destroy. They've done a great job of it. And this story in in Oklahoma is part of this. Now, what this this Ryan Walters, this superintendent did is he he took this libs of TikTok woman and and put her on a this this library board. Uh, the state's library media advisor committee, advisory committee, uh, they're supposed to be the ones who you know are, are you know checking out the books, making sure there's no no pornography or anything bad in there for kids. Uh, that's their stated goal, and it's supposed to be you know parents, and it's supposed to be you know librarians, and it's supposed to be people who oh, I don't know have some interest in Oklahoma schools. Um, but I got to tell you, nobody's been able to show me where this this TikTok woman. Uh, has any skill, uh, any any credential, um, or or lives in the state for that matter. Still trying to figure out why Oklahoma's sec- superintendent chose this. I do know why. It's about the chaos. Because ultimately, what this is really all about is it's causing enough chaos, enough outrage to destroy public education, to privatize, to profitize, to indoctrinate our kids into what they've used and it's one of those things my mother always said you know if someone's pointing their finger at you they got three pointing back at them so if they're accusing you of something yeah that's what they're doing so this idea that you know the the left they're trying to indoctrinate our children uh have you heard their rhetoric have you heard the 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 homeschool crowd uh the homeschool crowd their their curriculum have you heard what they want Uh, And again, I'll reiterate, I I believe that homeschooling is child abuse and should be banned. Let that sink in. Because here's the thing. Once we lose access to public education, once we lose access to a a guaranteed public education, the working class of this country is screwed. Your children are, are, are left behind. And look, they want cheap labor. They want easily exploitable labor. And this is how they're going to get it. The billionaire class understands this, which is why I'm not going after the libs of TikTok woman or even the the guy who's the superintendent because they're just tools. They're pieces on the chessboard being moved around by the very wealthy to ensure that the very wealthy get whatever they want. And what they want is more power, more dominance, more control. These people, these, these 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 characters, they're irrelevant. But the game, the game of destroying public education, taking away from our children that one shot to get an education, to be able to better themselves, to get exposed to new things, got to tell you, it's dangerous, dangerous stuff. But I want to hear your thoughts. Email me, rick at showcom When we come back, uh, American Federation of Teachers president Randy Weingarten going to be here to share some thoughts. Maybe I'll ask her about this this TikTok woman, and see if she's got any thoughts on this. I'm I'm sure she does. Quick break, right back. Stick around. I'm Rick Smith, and this is Labor History in Two. On this day in labor history, the year was 1907. That was the day that President Theodore Roosevelt signed into law an effort to get corporate money out of national politics. The law was called the Tillman Act. The act was named after its chief sponsor, Senator Benjamin Tillman of South Carolina. President Roosevelt had fallen under public criticism for taking corporate money in his 1904 run for office. After he won the race, he included the issue in his address to Congress. Teddy said... All contributions by corporations to any political committee for any political purpose should be forbidden by law. The resulting Tillman Act covered national banks and corporations, but the act had no real enforcement provisions. Since the passage of the Tillman Act, Congress has moved to further regulate campaign financing more than 10 times. Labor union contributions were regulated for the first time during World War II. During the war, unions were strictly prohibited from direct political donations. During the 1944 election, for the first time, the CIO, the Congress of Industrial Organizations, set up a political action committee. The pact was to support pro-labor candidates and legislation. Three years later, however, limits on union political spending were beefed up even further by the Taft-Hartley Act. The role of corporations and unions in campaign finance continues to be a hotly contested issue. In 2010, the United States Supreme Court decided the landmark case Citizens United. Their decision ruled that money equals speech. Corporations and unions can spend as much as they want on elections as long as they don't coordinate directly with individual campaigns. This has led to a flood of money by very wealthy donors into super PACs. More than a century after the passage of the Tillman Act, we still have not solved the question of election financing. Welcome back to the Rick Smith Show. Now here is Rick Smith. So I gotta tell you, I'm I'm still (laughs) this this thing in Oklahoma is still still banging around in my head. How you take this libs of TikTok person and name them to any advisory board is beyond me, given the fact no qualifications, doesn't even live in the state. I mean that's that's quite remarkable. Just just amazing. But again, the war on education, especially public education, uh, is marching on and here to share some thoughts on just how bad it really is. I've asked our good friend, Randy, Randy Weingarten, to come talk with us. Randy's the president of the American Federation of Teachers, AFT. Randy, thanks for taking time for us.
1: Thank you, Rick, as always. So what do you Thank make you of this? Getting- Thank you for getting into the weeds on all of these things.
0: <laughs> no, this is important. I mean, I, I look at this and I got to tell you, I'm, I'm looking at this Chaya uh, the, the far right libs of TikTok person who being named to this library media advisory committee in Oklahoma by their state superintendent. No one can figure out what qualifications she's got. She's not a teacher. She's not a librarian. Doesn't appear to have any credentials or background in education and doesn't even live in the state i i i'm i'm lost any thoughts
1: well look and you know the moment i have any thoughts about this um i will be front and center um slurred by and uh by uh uh both moms for liberty and um and uh lips of TikTok because their calling card is performative politics, and to try and create fear and division. It's, you know, this whole, I've, I've been thinking about since King's birthday and the holiday in, in January, sorry, once a social studies teacher, always a social studies teacher, King's last book, Chaos Versus Community. And what they just try to do is they just try to exacerbate and exploit legitimate anxieties that people have about whether or not their kids are okay. And one of the ways they do that is to just take on in, you know, the most vituperative ways um, people they disagree with. And so the, you know, so I think what's happened is the guy who's the superintendent in Oklahoma, the ed superintendent in Oklahoma, he is you know, in of their ilk, they all, they believe in this performative politics of dividing and dividing and dividing. And so, you know, it was putting a fellow traveler on his library board. It has nothing to do with whether somebody, you know, knows um, books or the pedagogical value of books, it was all about, you know, having their fellow travelers with yeah. them. I mean, yeah. that's what it was. And it's interesting to see the bipartisan pushback on it. I mean, you know, I I really believe that parents should actually have the right to decide what kids read. And there's a whole process by which, you know, schools assign books in classrooms or can assign books in classrooms, but when you take these books out of libraries, what you're doing is you're basically taking the right away from a parent to to have access to a book, and that's what you're doing when you're taking it out of a library, so you're doing the exact opposite of parent rights, but excuse me for hewing to the facts here
0: yeah no what's interesting though is you know this seems like a a a, a bunch of performative chaos which they're great yeah. at but i look at this state superintendent this ryan walters and, and there's some some allegations of some shady dealing with this with his nonprofit, this every kid counts oklahoma some some interesting th- information that yeah, he serves it's, as it's his executive like all director
1: of them, all of them are do as i say not as i do and you know i mean he's but but look at the end of the day the problem with the current Oklahoma superintendent is he doesn't believe in public schools and he doesn't believe in supporting teachers to support families and kids in their in in their acquisition of knowledge so all the things that he and you know and the lips of TikTok say they believe in their actions speak louder than words they they you know it's all performative it's all for the division it's all for the politics it's all for the you know to to, to undermine the really hard work that we're trying to do to help kids thrive and so so I'm glad that there's been bipartisan pushback on this because lips of TikTok look look what they did forget what they do to me i mean they say nasty things about me all the time but look what they did in terms of allegations and slurs about in about a medical doctor and then all of a sudden there had to be you know that that person got you know lots of death threats so all i'm saying is they're doing it for the division for the fear and and normally no one regardless of political views would put somebody like that on a library board unless you're trying to just get credit from other extremists who are paying for it so that's what i assume that he was yeah. doing
0: no i'm, I'm right there you know. with you and this is where i was going to ask you because you know while this is the the thing that that everyone's paying attention to uh, the the destruction of education, you know, in this country is is happening right before our very eyes, and it's the money. You know, I keep saying they want to privatize and profitize, and obviously get their hands on all of the money that we're spending on education. And I look at this as as a as a part of this. Uh, we have given well, the state. I think, it,
1: I think it's worse than that. I think that there are some people that care deeply about the money and want to take the money out of out of education and want to defund education. I think that the gazillionaires like the Betsy DeVos's, that's what they wanna do. But I think, Rick, we have a deeper problem than privatization. I think what these folks are going for is, and you heard it from Christopher Ruffo, create deep distrust. Yes, to get the money out of public education, but at the very, how how does America operate? We have to operate as a community where people who may not agree with each other, still respect each other. And what they're trying to do is create deep division and deep chaos and a sense that the the world is so bad and so horrible that Trump alone can fix it, that he's going to need extraordinary power, dictator on day one, to be able to fix it. So it's deeper than this. It They're trying to create deep distrust of the institutions that parents and families rely on, like education, like teachers, try to create deep, deep, deep distrust, try to create distrust between and amongst people. So what happens to America? And so I think it's broader than just they want to take the money from public education and not have public education. And 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 that is what's alarming. That's why I think you see bipartisan pushback to the the head of the lips of TikTok, whose tweets are retuperative who only you know who's incited violence and that's why you saw bipartisan pushback on it because you know people say wait a second this is not america extreme we're, we're talking about extremist values versus american values
0: you know and that's it's interesting you bring that up you know over the holiday we were in costa rica and the a guy gave us a the guy who gave us the tour while we were there was just beaming proud of the fact that in his country all children were going to be able to get an education as far as their talents could take them, and it was going to be free. In fact, he was talking about, you know, they were immig- they were bringing Nicaraguans in uh, to work in the banana fields, and their children would get free education. And this guy just throughout the entire day was just focused on the fact that, you know, they were going to get education for their kids. And, and my children, you know, looked at me and said, you know, we have it. And they're trying to destroy it in our country where this guy is, you know, just beaming with pride that they're, they're moving in that direction.
1: What's wrong with us? We, you know, one of the things that most bothers me about the current culture wars, look, I have very, I have, as, as anybody who's ever talked to me knows, I have a lot of opinions on a lot of things. No. But part of my, yeah, you know, spoiler alert, but part of my job when I'm teaching or when I'm running a meeting or when I'm engaged in a discussion is to deeply listen and to be really respectful of different people's opinions on different things. I don't think we should have differing facts. I think part of what we saw with Trump was when they said alternative facts. Alternative facts. I think the facts are the facts. But we should be able to have different opinions and not hate each other for those different opinions. That's part of teaching and learning. And the problem with people like the Oklahoma superintendent, the head of lips of TikTok, is that they have conflated this. And so when you have a different opinion than them, you become their force for an enemy and they have to do whatever, they will do whatever they can to bring you down. That's not what teaching and learning is and that's not what America is. And that's why the stakes in this election are really high because as imperfect as our democracy is, what our democracy does is let people battle it out in the court of ideas in the court of politics and what education does what was the original reason for education civic engagement so kids could discern fact from fiction they could read enough so that they could that 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 they could engage civically think about what jefferson said think about the constitutions in so many different places in in our country. And so what we're losing is that pluralism. And 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 you know and and that's what really look that's what really bothers me. And that's what I think Biden is is talking about a lot. Now, he got a lot of great news in terms of the economy in the last few days, like today's economic report, I love that Zandi said there's nothing wrong with this report, you know, from Moody's. But but you're seeing that the stuff that he put into place, the Inflation Reduction Act got it past the Congress, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act got it past the Congress, the CHIPS Act, the Science Act, all of these things have created anchors to create manufacturing in this country again, to create economic consumer confidence again. And, and you saw what happened in terms of, of the UAW this week. They, you know, you have a president that supported them. You have good new contracts. They are organizing, and and what we're doing is building in America again. We're manufacturing in America again, and and what happens in communities is that when communities can have a good wage, good health care, decent retirement, good schools, and then the schools should be about solving problems. Not just about the reading, writing, and arithmetic, but addressing loneliness, addressing learning loss, and doing experiential learning, preparing kids for the jobs of today and tomorrow. So that's what on Earth One, that's what we're working on. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help kids succeed. We're trying to support them. We're trying to deal with all the issues that happened in COVID. And then on Earth Two, you got all this performative divide, divide, divide. and and I'm you know, part of me is saying, let's not go down that rabbit hole. They're gonna do that fine. We'll give out books. We'll make sure that kids have library books. but we're gonna fight like you know what to make sure that school is a good experience. So parents, so so that every public school is a place that parents want to send their kids, educators want to work and kids thrive. So I'm starting to say, let them do their stunts, let them do their smears, and we're gonna work on real solutions. Just like Joe Biden is doing that in, in the economy, we're gonna do that. Yes, talk about the stakes of the election, but really not let them off our game and our game is about helping kids
0: succeed. Now, you said the stakes of the election. I, I argue the stakes of this election, uh, never never greater, never more stark. Uh, all of the things that you laid out, in reinvesting in, in infrastructure, reinvesting in our infrastructure, you know, you know bringing industries back, uh, you know, the educational stuff you talked about, all of the things that, you know, the labor uh, you know, advances that we've made, you know, as small as they've been, uh, we've got a lot of work to do, still leaps ahead of where we were, or go back to what we had under Trump that seems very, very simple. So politically, this is this is a moment of of which side are you on, I guess.
1: Exactly right. But you know, it's I, I learned something as a school teacher that I wanna just raise now, so many years later. You you gotta meet people where they are. And it's not what's said, it's what's heard. And so part of the performative politics that you see on the other side is to keep people angry and to keep people unnerved. And, and so, and part of what you see with Joe Biden and you see with what he's saying about the economy, what he's saying about democracy, you see in terms of what school teachers do is we gotta actually help people hear us and hear that we want, even if we disagree on issues, that we need to be Americans, not extremists. We can't be at each other's throats. We need to actually bring back the beloved community and have relationships with each other, even when we disagree.
0: There you go. Randy, I appreciate the time. All As always, great stuff. I look forward to having you back again real soon. I know this is going to be a, a big election, and I hope you'll come back and share some more as we continue on down the road. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. Randy Weingarten, president of the American Federation of Teachers, AFT. Want to hear your thoughts? Email me, rick at com. Quick break. Right back. Welcome back to the Rick Smith Show. Now here is Rick Smith. Uh, I gotta tell you, one of the things I love about Fridays is uh, what a crazy week it's been. Some really bizarre stories. We had the big, uh, the big primary, which weird, lots of weirdness out of that. Uh, my favorite, I think, my favorite story of the week was uh, Trump attempting. To describe missile defense systems it's all about uh, muscle here and not here and, and and bing bang ding dong what i have no idea what he was talking about but it was fun to watch uh and remember he's the uh, he's the very best he's the he's the quickest he's the sharpest he's the well Here to share some thoughts on maybe what he actually is i've asked our good friend sarah burris to come share some thoughts sarah's a reporter over at raw story rawstory.com the website if you want to take a look at the fabulous work she does there sarah thanks for taking time
2: for us he's a very stable genius rick stable genius i
0: forgot all about stable genius
2: uh he has all the best words remember that one
0: yeah all the best words Bing bang ding dong d- whoosh, ding
2: ding ding whoosh boom. Uh, which, which is really consistent with his bing 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 bong, uh, which was something he said a couple of years ago. No, it was during, it was during I think, 2016. It was when he did the bing bing bong bong. I don't remember what it was that he was talking about. Um, but there was an excellent video that um vice put together where they listed out i think 15 different things that the word bing 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 could could mean in <laughs> trump speak so and that was from before the election
0: yeah no, uh, mean, in
2: 16. so
0: again the more you look at him you know i i know the, The thing my mother always said, if you're pointing your finger at somebody, you got three pointing back at you. This cognitive decline that they're pointing at Joe Biden with, have they looked at Trump recently? I mean, the guy's not all there. I mean, sadly, guy's not all there.
2: Yeah, I saw a Pelosi interview that she did with Fox out of L.A. where she made it very clear that he has a cognitive problem and she and they were like, why do you think he does? And she was like, he doesn't know who I am. Like, (laughs) That's that's crazy, right? I'm not I'm not weird for thinking that's crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially if someone that you you despise as much as he claims to despise Nancy Pelosi. I mean, I know everyone I don't like.
2: I I feel like that moment in you know that infamous photo where she's pointing her finger at him um over the table, I feel like that would be something that happened in his life that he would remember.
0: Yeah, I think ripping up um, his speech.
2: Yes, brilliant. The video of that um, I, There are just so many moments where I feel like she either humiliated him or talked down to him or put him in his place in a way that would be memorable because I remember them and they didn't even happen to me. Yeah. No,
0: I mean, it's it was an interesting week. I mean, you look at the New Hampshire primaries, uh, you know, I've been saying for a while and everybody, no, no, Nikki Haley's got a shot. Nikki Haley doesn't have a shot. Uh, it's going to be Trump. It's going to be Biden. That's what it's going to be. Dean Phillips had no shot. RFK Jr.'s got no shot. All any of these people have the opportunity to do is be the fly in the ointment uh, to end up you know swaying the election one way or another by taking some key votes in com- some key states, maybe. That said, I think that's, New Hampshire you know, was what we thought it was going to be. Uh, Trump won, was. but not by a lot
2: he didn't win and he didn't win by a lot and we also got exit polling data that is that was really shocking um that showed just how many republican voters are willing to vote for someone not Donald Trump and you know we we hear all the time these national polls about um you know how the the dedication of republican voters that they're all in on for Trump but when you looked at New Hampshire um there were there was like fifty percent of the vote that did not vote for Donald Trump,
0: right. now, but that's that said. now, here's here's the reality. Uh, that said, we are months away from November. Uh, that said, there hasn't been an entire summer and an election season, you know, tell, reminding people, Republicans just how horrible Joe Biden is. Uh, look, the the right wing outrage machine will ramp it up. They will remember, and as I say all the time, my 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 key phrase always on both parties: is Democrats fall in love, Republicans fall in line. And come November, I believe even those people who say, "Oh, I can't vote for Trump," I believe most of them will fall in line. I'm the thing I'm waiting for. Mike Pence, that, that endorsement.
2: You know, too, my favorite thing that Joe Biden says is don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. And I think that's probably the most important thing that people should consider. Yeah, I've got, I've got a listener
0: who thinks Trump is the almighty.
2: You know, I hear that a lot in stories that I read and it makes me very uncomfortable because I read a lot about cults and, um, and that is just really unsettling. No, but. it is.
0: But if you look at the po- the exit polling, and this is yeah. the part that I picked up on, you know, immediately, you know, the people who voted for Nikki Haley, um, they believe, you know, Biden was elected. They don't, you know, think that the you know, election was stolen. You know, all of the, the the cult stuff, you know, the Trump voters still buys. They're they're still on the on the on the same page in the hymnal, where the rest of the Republicans, not so much. And, and I think that's, that's an interesting moment. And again, we'll see in November if I'm right and Republicans fall back into line, or if maybe there's going to be some courage in that party to either just stay home or vote for somebody else.
2: And I think that's, I mean, you were talking about that we're going to have a summer of Joe Biden um, being attacked. I think the same is true for Donald Trump, where, you know, he's always going to be attacked um but what is different that we haven't seen this time around is he's not doing these really really big public rallies a lot of his rallies are much smaller they're in smaller venues so they look more packed um one of the ones that he had in new hampshire over the weekend um held 10,000 people and he couldn't fill up beyond the first like bottom section uh and i think too we haven't seen so enough coverage of donald trump giving those speeches where he says the weird stuff, the bing, bing, (laughs) ding, ding, bong, bong, um, and rambles on and on and on. Because what used to happen is every time he would open his mouth, you would get, he'd, he'd be on television. And that has really stopped, which means that people are not hearing the cognitive decline. And I think the second he starts speaking more, you will see it more. It will be it will become very obvious any i mean i think it was jonathan carl last week made a comment about how how shocked he was to see that trump is really devolved and it's like dude where have you been yeah This this has been going on for several years now you wrote a book about him you have to be able to see because i watch this dude every day right and i can see it so
0: yeah, it's, it's And look, you know, the, the, I, I love Nikki Haley's concession speech. You know, the difference, and this is the weird thing. Nikki Haley had an upbeat, happy, you know, concession speech, you know, full of, you know, the future and positive. And, and Trump's was probably one of the the most angry uh, victory speeches I've ever seen. But one of the parts that, that grabbed my attention, Nikki Haley said, you know, you know, Joe Biden's old. And you go, well, so is the other guy. So is the guy who beat you.
2: There was some interview uh, that I saw, I can't remember who it was, it was on Fox News, I saw a clip of it, where, uh, where somebody said, you know, a guy who's almost 80, talking about Trump, and the Fox host said, well, he's 77. He goes, yeah, that's almost 80. And we can argue about math later. But here's the point, (laughs) the guy's like, you. And you know i'm not sure that we want somebody that close to the button
0: yeah now here's the thing uh trump's facing 91 indictments uh 91 felony indictments He's got all this stuff going on all these trials all this stuff gonna take up his time um i was i was led to believe that republicans were gonna were gonna match that with uh, with an impeachment i i've been waiting for the impeachment of Joe Biden they tell me there's a smoking gun they tell me they've got the they've got the receipts they tell me that all of this stuff exists i hear it all the time on the outrage factory uh known as right wing media but i'm not i'm not seeing anyone where they put their hand on that book they think they they say they love so much and swearing to tell the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth so help them well fear of perjury
2: that has been the most entertaining thing that i have watched in the last couple of weeks is all of it, it's like the whole impeachment thing throughout the course of this thing where where they're constantly saying one thing and then it turns out to be something else and what happened um last week is there was an interview with uh hunter one of hunter biden's uh benefactors and we got the transcript of it this week and what is so amazing is that there were all of these stories about this guy giving Hunter Biden millions of dollars and yada, yada, yada. And what you find out is that the, the money he gave him was actually a loan that was organized by lawyers and had all of these conditions and interest attached to it. Like it was, it was so specific. And the other thing is the guy didn't turn the money over to Hunter Biden. He took the money and then paid off certain... Debts that Biden was trying to get out from under, um, which obviously piled up whenever he was, you know, addicted to whatever. Right. And um, and so they this was kind of spun as as Hunter Biden sitting on millions of dollars that he had and should have given to the IRS and come to find out that actually wasn't his money. He didn't have any money that he was sitting on. Um, they talked about how he, he, this guy basically paid off his Porsche and it's like, yeah, I paid off the Porsche so he could sell it. And then I got my part of the money back. He was trying to get out from under the cost of the Porsche.
0: Yeah, they um, paid it off so they didn't repossess it.
2: And And it's just, it's so startling because everything that they have jumped to and, and try to attack Joe Biden with, again, it's like over and over, it's about Hunter Biden and there's no connection. And I mean, there. the thing that I just keep saying is, yeah, Hunter Biden's not gonna get any votes this election. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but there is a connection. They both have the Biden name. They need some kind of a some kind of a scandal so that they can, you know, lather up the base and get them all so and, and this this false equivalency. Yes, uh, what we're seeing Hunter Biden doing and the fact that we can't connect it to Joe, that is completely equal to trying to overthrow the US government in a coup attempt. Uh, and all of the other things that he, he tried to do during during the, the twenty twenty election. It's 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 the same.
2: That's the goal, I think, is to try and make it look like, oh, Biden is doing as many illegal things as Trump is. And and I just don't, I think people, I mean, I know we attack voters all the time as being idiots. I really do think that the American people are not that stupid. They can see the difference between somebody stealing uh, uh, national secrets and taking them back to Mar-a-Lago and refusing to give them back and hunter biden's friend giving him a loan that you know helps him pay off his debt and has all of this interest attached to it
0: yeah i, I, I can mean, tell you I'm, i thought i thought they had the receipts i listened to james comer and and he he said he had it all uh they all you know, go down the list they all said they had the smoking gun and and it's it's just i was really looking forward to an impeachment over the summer i had my whole summer planned around impeachment uh, you know we we're it was gonna be good content nothing
2: I mean, they still might try. They still, I don't, I don't know how they're going to get there, um, but they don't got it yet. No, that's for sure. It's
0: Not there. Uh, you know, speaking of cognizant, co- cognitive decline. Uh, have you been following the uh, uh, the the story with uh, former NRA president Wayne Lapierre? Uh,
2: so I've-, I've been really dedicated to the financial piece of this because it's so fascinating to see what all of the perks that he and his family got. That basically were being funded by donors. That just I know that there are more details to this story, but that piece of it just blows me away. Like, man, what a cush gig.
0: Surprise. Surprise, surprise, <laughs> surprise. Uh, you know, rich people figuring out how to line their pocket with poor people money. I'm, yep.
2: I'm shocked.
0: I am literally shocked. Uh but the Ooh. part that got me is the funny part about me is uh his lawyers evidently have uh the argument that they're making about not having him testify. Is that his his brain is shrinking, or his brain is is, is shrunk? Uh, they claim, and they got a doctor to to say this uh, that he has had significant cerebral volume loss, and that he can't do even basic things. So this is this is one of those things that they get away with. Well, we can't hold him accountable now because he, you know, he, he's he's a shell of the person he once was,
2: which is so crazy that that dude was then running the organ, one of the largest organizations for conservatives in the country. Yeah. Like this is this is the guy. Um, I will say one thing. I mean, I'm I don't know enough about. These types of things, but it seems to me that when we talk about a brain fart, like maybe (laughs) your brain shrinks so that it fills with the fart of the air.
0: What I still want to know is where the money came from. Uh, You know, is there any Russian money there? you know cuz again you know, we 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 found a lot of a lot of stories that were you know, a lot of that was being funneled through the NRA and some of their offshoots uh, the whole Maria Bertina thing and and all of that 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 honey pot of cash that the Republican party has has so been happy to dip their fingers into
2: and what you find out is that they were using a marketing firm um to funnel money into to pay Uh, people that normally were on their board that wouldn't get paid. It was just a position that they would be on their board. And they're like, Oh yeah, we'll get you a couple of million dollars we'll just make sure it gets through the right channels. Just
0: got to wash it the right way.
2: That is so shady.
0: That is so shady. Finally, I got to get your thoughts on this story you wrote about, about this pastor who's accused of stealing, uh, uh, accused of, of stealing $3 million. Um, I I read the story and I'm like, isn't this what most of them do,
2: but, um, thoughts? So what's interesting in this respect is he created his own cryptocurrency. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's not Jesus coin, but you know, it's, that's what I want to call it. And I think he, he also created his own exchange where you would, where you would, um, I guess move the money around from the jesus money to and it, and that whole exchange was called kingdom of whatever um and and so basically he was able to convince people that this was such a huge investment that it was going to explode and that it was going to be you know massive and all of these people bought into it and they basically lost everything and even now the dude is still telling people you know, well, it it still could take off. It still could take off. But but his his excuse basically is, well, maybe you know, his his claim was that I got this message from God to start this thing, and now he's like, well, maybe I got the message wrong. Maybe I got the message wrong. But isn't that what I mean? The reason I say this is, you know,
0: I remember as a kid watching you know Jimmy Swaggart and you know those mm-hmm. those those charlatans that are on on Sunday mornings, you know you know on the on the on the channels. And, and I remember this, you know, $5, you send your $5, it's $5 in the box, in the, in the bank of Jesus. And when you get to heaven, it's going to be there for you. And I'm going, you know, that is the perfect scheme. That's the perfect, perfect ripoff scam. You're not getting the money back here in this life. So give me all you can. I'll deal with it. And I'm the, the conduit to get it, you know, up. So when you get to heaven, you got some cash set aside.
2: And that is the smarter way of funneling your Jesus money. Um, When you start doing things like creating a cryptocurrency, you start uh, involving the Security Exchanges Commission. Yeah. And that's when a lot of laws get attached to this stuff and you can end up breaking them. And
0: I I think my ways we should we should start something like that.
2: Right. The Church of (laughs) Brunch, the Church of Brunch. I've
0: been saying I want to start the Church of Collective Bargaining. I've been wanting to do that for a very long time uh maybe that maybe maybe that's our in maybe that's our in but sarah great stuff as always appreciate the time
2: have an awesome week
0: you as well our good friend sarah burris a reporter at raw story make sure you check out the work that she does at rawstory.com quick break right back stick around We are AFGE, the American Federation of Government Employees. We represent 700,000 federal and D.C. government workers who are the vital threads of the fabric of American life. We support our nation's military. We take care of our nation's veterans. We protect our nation's borders. We respond to our nation's crises and natural disasters. We provide services to our nation's seniors, the American Federation of Government Employees. We work... For America. Welcome back to the Rick Smith show. Check out our website, ricksmithshow.com. So it appears, uh, at least the, the, the general consensus seems to be, there aren't going to be any presidential debates this year. And I, I guess this'll, I guess there have been presidential debates in every election since 1976. Uh, but understand, you know, these debates and, and, I actually don't remember a campaign that there hasn't been a debate um but I'm starting to, I'm thinking about it and I'm going you know I I'm looking at it from each side each each camp um I don't think Trump would be the guy wanting to debate because I think he's he's diminishing quickly I think there's a lot there that, uh, that he could really screw up on a major stage, and and I think we're heading towards a moment where there are more people paying attention to what he is saying. And I think that's gonna, as this election heats up, uh, I think that's going to going to be part of it. But also, I don't know that there are any new voters. I don't know that that Trump is is engaging new voters. I don't know that there are new people coming to his camp. Uh, he, you know, look, he had, he had a big tent before, uh, you know, it was a close election. He still lost by seven million votes. But in in, in key states, you know, he was close. Um, I don't see him getting new voters. I see him losing people. The more he speaks, the more people go, um, maybe they just stay home. Maybe they don't vote for Biden, but maybe they just stay home. And I see Biden is having an opportunity to say, look, you know, here's here's the contrast. Uh, I I actually built some roads and bridges. He's got some pictures, some photo ops of people who wanted to do roads and bridges. Uh, I am on the side of women and reproductive rights. He's the guy who wants a national ban on abortion, wants to take your rights away. Uh, I'm the guy who who cleaned up after his mess. I mean, there's a lot there for Biden to go after him on. And. Because Trump's now got a record, he can't just say, "Hey, I'm just this this business guy. I don't." He's now a politician. He now has a record that he has to he has to defend. Uh, now understand, I've been saying this for the longest time. Republicans will fall in line. I do believe that. I, uh, but how many of how many people just kind of pull back? That's the question. Uh, but on the on the political front, uh, I, are you surprised by how quickly? Republican legislators and Republican you know, folks have, have fallen right into the into the Trump line. I mean, Nancy Mace from South Carolina is a perfect example. Uh, you know, Tim Scott as well. I mean, the, the sad reality is, is, you know, Nikki Haley appointed him to the Senate. If anyone should show some loyalty, it would be Scott to, to Nikki Haley, just a little bit maybe. Uh, but Nancy Mace from South Carolina, you know, was was evidently, and this is what the reporting is right now. That evidently she was so ticked off, so mad on January sixth, to 2021, at what was happening in the Capitol, that she had discussed with aides the idea of going out into the into the crowd and confronting the rioters, and and you know, so she could get punched in the face and then become the face of the anti-Trump, anti-Trump movement. There was that. She just. She just endorsed him. And you go, and this is why, you know, I've had a couple of people email me go, no, there's no way Mike Pence is going to endorse Donald Trump. I don't know. I'm betting he does. Look, you had Ted Cruz, who Trump skewered, called his wife everything but a decent human being, and he turned around and kissed the ring. DeSantis, he called him Meatball Ron, made fun of his wife. I got to tell you, where I grew up, y- you don't do that. You, know, you can come and bust my shoes all you want, but you don't go after my wife and kids. You don't go after my mother. Them- them's fighting words in my neighborhood. That- that's what got you beat up. But evidently in Republican politics, it's it's the beginning of getting in line. And I got to tell you, as I was reading the story of, of Mace, uh, saying that, hey, you know, uh, yeah, I was gonna go. I wanted to go out there and confront these people. My mind immediately went to what would have happened, because I've asked this a bunch of times. What would have happened had a Republican legislator, you know, one of the tough guys, the Jim Jordans, uh, the Mark Wayne Mullins, you know, the, the you know the ones who like to puff up their chest and say how tough they are, uh, the Matt is What would have happened? Had they gone out and and mingled amongst the masses, the unwashed masses, you noticed there wasn't one Republican legislator who was out there trying to control anything, trying to say, "Hey, calm down." There was no no one. There was nothing. Now remember, these are the these are the the, the tough guys, and nothing, nobody, and you got Nancy Mace going, "Hey, I, maybe maybe I go out there," and I, I have to tell you though. <laughs> Um, from an uh, an opportunism point of view, the fact that that was her first thought, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to be the face of the never Trumpers and, 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 and he- all the attention that I'll get, you know, did not surprise me. Not even a little bit. And there's a part of me that, that no- was shocked. Nobody did that on that day. It was an opportunity to go out there with your Facebook live and interview some of the people. Hi, I'm a legislator from Sutton, from, you know, from you know, Dubuque. Why are you here? Not one of them. You know what they did? They cowered. You know what they did? They hid. You know what they did? They buried their heads. They barricaded themselves in their offices, in their chambers. And when the, when the Capitol Police said, hey, come this way so we can gather the sheep and get the flock out, they bailed. They covered their behinds. And now all this rewriting of history and all of this, oh, it was just like any other day. Well, if it was like any other day, then you walk your behind out there. Because it wasn't just any other day. And not one of them had the courage to go out there and say, hey, maybe don't break the windows. Maybe don't defecate on our floor. Maybe don't tear up people's offices. Maybe don't act the fool. I don't know. Maybe don't maybe maybe be what you claim to be upstanding citizens good decent people maybe try that first but i'll tell you i'm 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 still a little shocked by it i'm a little shocked by nancy may saying oh yeah i, I thought i thought about it it's going to be the face of the never trumpers uh. <laughs> i got to tell you I, I i wish i wish she would have I would have loved to have seen what would have happened. Now I've had I have some I have some thoughts. Um, and maybe it'd have been, you know, been really neg- uh, ugly and negative, but it'd have been interesting. Want to hear your thoughts. What do you think would have happened? Email me, rick at the ricksmithshow.com. Tell me what you think. If you miss any portion of the program, grab the podcast. Wherever you get your favorite podcast, you'll find ours. Thanks so much for being here. We'll see you back here next time. You've been listening to The Rick Smith Show. Email Rick at rick at thericksmithshow.com. Until next time,
1: this has been The Rick Smith Show, where working people come to talk.